Well, Merry Christmas. I'm so glad that you were able to join us online and uh, welcome to our Christmas series, Christmas Unplugged. This week we're looking at Christmas, God's redemption in Christmas. That God's plan was to bring redemption for people, hurting people like you and me. Now, each week we've been looking at traditions from the Berge home and this week we're going to look at the tradition of cookies. Uh, my wife will make Christmas cookies and in many cases recipes and traditions that are passed down one generation to the next. And uh, many of them are traditions maybe that you are part of. Um, maybe these are cookies that you would see, but this one might be a cookie that you're not used to seeing. This is called Krumkaga and it is from our Norwegian heritage. It goes back over a thousand years and is a cookie that we make at Christmas time um, that Norwegians have been making for over a thousand years. And uh, it's made with a Krumkaga iron and uh, back before there was electricity, uh, they would take the iron and put it on the wood-burning stove and get it hot and they would make these cookies and fill them in this cone position. They would fill them with maybe boysenberry jam or whipped cream or, or just eat them just as they are. Um, they're wonderful. And krumkaga is a part of our tradition. But Christmas cookies have a very uh, a short uh, satisfaction life like we have a in the beginning they bring great joy it feels wonderful to eat a cookie and it's a great part of the tradition and it's your when you're young you just load them up cookie after cookie after cookie uh, but it doesn't take long to learn that cookies come not with a long-term value uh, the more that you eat uh, it doesn't necessarily make your christmas happier uh, if you gain weight you'll have to be taking off that weight come january and and there's not a lot of protein value, it's a lot of sugar, and, uh, but we're glad that we have cookies for Christmas. But that's not really where the value of Christmas is. Cookies is just a picture of how we want Christmas, which is we want that short-term happiness, the charge that presents give and, and the Christmas carols give. And, and, and the picture is that Christmas is about glad tidings and peace on earth and and joy to the world just for the season. When reality, Christmas, the very first Christmas, was about solving a problem for more than just a season. It was about bringing real redemption, real help, real hope, and real healing. God's redemption in Christmas. Today we're going to be looking at Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 3, and Luke 1, 46 to 55. And first, we're going to look at Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 3, to look at that Jesus came to bring help. Christmas is about bringing God's help to people. Well, what kind of people? This is what Isaiah 61, verses 1 to 3, says about Jesus coming. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness 
instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that they may be glorified. Jesus, that he may be glorified. Jesus was sent to bring help. Jesus came to bring help. This passage speaks about Christmas and what's happening at Christmas. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, speaking of Jesus, speaking of the servant, the suffering servant, the one who came to save, because the Lord has anointed me. What does it mean that the Spirit of the Lord is upon him? That means he's going to be speaking the words of God in the power of God. It's the words of God and the power of God in the ministry of Jesus Christ that is bringing real help in Christmas. And look at it, who he came for. He came for the poor, for the brokenhearted, for the captives, for those who are bound. He came to those who mourn, those who are wearing ashes at this time, and the faint of spirit. These are the ones that Jesus came for. He came to solve the problem of humanity. He came to fix the problems and speak to those problems. In the beginning in this passage, in verse 1, it says what Jesus came to do. He came to bring good news to the poor. He came to bind up the brokenhearted. He came to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. So God looks at humanity and sees the plight and how we are wounded and how we are poor and how we are brokenhearted and how we are bound. And he says that I am going to send real help. And that's Christmas. That's Jesus coming. <clears throat> There's a proclamation side of this where he is going to speak the healing and helping words of God. Those helping words are called good news. I am going to bring good news to the poor. And I am going to proclaim liberty to the captives. The picture that, the, uh, that Isaiah brings to us so many centuries before Jesus comes is that Jesus is going to come, the Messiah is going to come, and he is going to stand at the doorway of our prisons and proclaim liberty. You're free. There is a freedom available to us because of Christmas. That's the, the glory of Christmas, is God's redemption in Christmas. This help that he brings. He is going to proclaim liberty. He is going to bind up the brokenhearted. Binding up the brokenhearted is like someone who's wounded and he's going to bind up those wounds. And it's our very hearts that have been wounded. And it's just like David proclaiming, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. From within us, there's a brokenness in our very hearts. And God is sending Jesus, the Father is sending the Son to bind up the brokenhearted. The opening of the prison to those who are bound. Christmas is about opening up prison cells for those who are bound in prison. It's like we're chained. We're in chains. And we need someone to release us from those chains. Jesus came in Christmas to redeem a broken people and broken individuals. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. Jesus came to be the dividing person for people. He is going to bring help, but for those who reject that help, 
He came to proclaim that judgment is coming. The story of Christmas is a story of peace with God for those who have faith in God through Jesus Christ. It is a story of judgment for those who don't have faith in God through Jesus Christ. That's the story of Christmas. Jesus came to bring help. Through the counsel and the power of God, he came to give gifts. Now, we have gifts around the tree, and we open gifts every year, but the question, do you know the real gift of Christmas? The real gift of Christmas is that Jesus came to grant to those who mourn in Zion to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes. Ashes are the, the, the things that people would put on for who are repenting or who are mourning. They would put ashes on their head or on their clothes. And it was a sign of, ashes was a sign of death and returning to death. And here he says, he is taking away the ashes and replacing them with a beautiful headdress. Well, what is this headdress? We learn later on that he brings this headdress in verse 10 of chapter 61 of Isaiah, that it's about a bride's beautiful headdress, that we become the bride of Christ. Jesus came to replace the ashes with a beautiful wedding headdress. The oil of gladness instead of mourning. Jesus came to bring help by anointing us with gladness. Yes, there is gladness in, in, in Christmas. The gladness in Christmas is an understanding that the Christ child is our Savior and letting him anoint our heads with gladness. The garment of praise instead of a faint spirit. We may be beaten up at the end of 2020. We may feel like hope is waning and help is nowhere to be found, but Christmas is the place where help is really born. And he gives us a garment of praise, praise of God, that we may be called oaks of righteousness. That's the beauty of Christmas, is that Jesus came to make us solid on firm footing before God and man that we become part of God's righteous story. He came to bring help. But wait a minute. If God came as a child to bring this kind of help, to bring help that would help the poor and, and release captives and bind up brokenhearted and open prisons and comfort and, and this beautiful headdress and gladness, and righteousness, if God came to bring those things in Jesus Christ, how, well, how, how come 2020 is still so broken? Here we are a couple millennia after Jesus came and this world is still messed up. If Jesus came to bring real help, where is the help? Why are we still struggling and why is our world still enslaved and broken and mourning? Well, hang on to that question. The first question maybe we should ask is, how do we know this is talking about Jesus? How do we know Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 3, is talking about Jesus? Well, Jesus quoted this passage in Luke 4. And after quoting this passage in Luke 4, this is what he it happened in Luke 4, 20 to 21. He rolled up the scroll, he was reading Isaiah, and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And all the eyes in the synagogue were fixed on him. Jesus 
is at the very beginning of his ministry. And he is in Nazareth, and he is in his hometown in the synagogue that he had visited often, and he stood up, and he, they handed him the scroll of Isaiah, and he read Isaiah 61, verses 1 to 3. And all of the eyes of the synagogue were fixed on him, and he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus claimed that this was talking about him. That Jesus is the one that came to bring help to the poor, to the brokenhearted, to captives, to those who are bound, and those who are mourning. Well, Jesus came to bring help in Christmas. Jesus also came to bring hope in Christmas. In Luke 1, 46 to 55, we see that uh, this is Mary praying after she realizes that Jesus is the Savior, has been born, and she is ready to give birth to Jesus. And this is Jesus' Magnificat in Luke 1, 46 to 55. Mary writes, Mary prays, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant, for behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones. He has exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things. And the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, and he spoke to, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Jesus came to bring help. Jesus also came to bring hope. Jesus came to bring hope to people like you and me. This is, Jesus, this is Mary's prayer, and she's talking about Jesus coming on Christmas morning and Jesus coming and what the hope is for her. But I want you to see how personal this is, that this is one individual at a time from generation to generation. Mary prays, my soul magnifies the Lord. It's personal. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Jesus is her God and her Savior. For he looked on the humble estate of his servant, speaking of Mary. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Mary is saying this is personal to her, that Jesus is going to bring hope for her, a hope that is right from the throne room of God the Father and is meant for her personally. But look at what she goes on to say in verse 50. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. This is personal for all of us. All of us can pray, this is about being my God and my Savior and my spirit can rejoice. And I am his humble servant. And all generations will call me blessed because I know my Savior. For he who is mighty has done great things for me in Christmas. This story from generation to generation is personal for each of us. So whether you're 14 or 84, it doesn't matter. 
You have an invitation this Christmas in 2020 for it to be personal, for it to be hope for you personally. Jesus came to bring hope to people like you and like me. Jesus is strong enough to give hope. Look at verses 51 and 52. It says, He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. There is a, a, an offering to the poor again, to the weak, to the hungry, that Christmas is about Jesus coming to solve these problems, to give hope to those whose hope is waning, who seem to be losing hope. Hope seems to be at a premium in 2020. Hope is something that is in short supply in 2020. And yet Christmas offers, offers real hope, real help and real hope. And Jesus is powerful enough and strong enough. It's with his strong right arm that he can scatter the proud. It is, he can bring the mighty from their, bring them down from their thrones and exalt those of humble estate. He is going to let those who are humble and who desperately need help to hope in him. Christmas is about hope for the humble. Christmas is about hope for the hungry. And what does this mean? Is he going to bring food and cookies to those of us who need food and cookies? Is he just going to solve our political problems? No, that's not just what he's talking about. We are surrounded by financial issues and political problems and medical problems in 2020. Did Chris, is Christmas about solving those things? Is Christmas about binding up the problems of a pandemic? Yes, it is. Not the pandemic we imagine. It's the pandemic of sin and brokenness. Again, I ask if Jesus gave hope to people who are hurting, why does the world seem so hopeless? Why is, what is Christmas really about? Is it about just a season of happiness and joy and cookies? And, and then January comes and we have to work out and work the cookies off? Christmas is about offering real help and real hope to hurting people. In verse 54, it says, and he helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. Jesus came to offer real help and real hope. It says in verse 55, as he spoke to our fathers Abraham and to his offspring forever. What was the hope that was provided to Abraham? What was the real hope that was provided to Abraham? Well, Genesis 15, 6 says that Abraham believed the Lord and he counted it to him as righteousness. Through faith, Abraham became an oak of righteousness. Just like in Isaiah 61, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, Abraham's righteousness was provided through grace by faith. That's where righteousness came from. He was solving what was broken inside of Abraham, inside of Isaiah, inside of all of us, inside of Mary, inside of you and me. Each of us needed a Savior. God became the Savior, and Jesus Christ was sent to be that Savior. 
and he's my savior and your savior through faith. There is a righteousness meant for our inside that's healing from within, that God releases us from our captivity, that captivity being sin, and he offers real help and real hope in Christmas. Well, Jesus came to bring help. Jesus came to bring hope. Jesus came to bring healing. What is the healing that Jesus came to solve? If you were, to, if you were familiar with Isaiah, the problem that Isaiah was addressing was given in Isaiah chapter 1. In Isaiah chapter 1, and I'll only read verse 4 and verse 18 from Isaiah chapter 1, but in Isaiah chapter 1, starting in verse 1 through verse 17, Isaiah describes the problem of humanity, the problem of Israel at the time, that they don't know God, that they have distanced themselves from God, that they have in them a need to be with God, and yet even their efforts to be with God are thwarted because they are wounded from within and they are broken from within. There is a sin problem that is in all of us that needs to be dealt with. And Jesus came to deal with that. In Isaiah 1.4 it says, Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, offspring of evildoers, children who deal corruptly, they have forsaken the Lord. They have despised the Holy One of Israel. They are utterly estranged. We are not only estranged from each other in 2020, in our nation and in the world, but we are estranged from God. We have a broken relationship with God. And in verse 18, like a breath of fresh air, without any promise of how he's going to accomplish it. In verse 18 of chapter 1 of Isaiah, it says, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. There is a promise that this Messiah is going to bring about a redemption that is a healing a healing of our hearts and our souls and our land and our, and our people. Yes, there's a healing that stretches beyond us individually into community, but first, it's one individual at a time understanding the true meaning of Christmas. Jesus came to heal. Jesus came to heal our hearts one at a time, to heal our families, to heal our nations. He came to bring real healing, addressing the sin problem in each of us. In Isaiah chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, it says, You will say in that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for though you were angry with me, your anger turned away that you might comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Jesus came to become our salvation, to restore us, to save us. And just as Mary could say that he has become my savior, my spirit rejoices in God my savior, so too, there is a promise for each of us 
that Jesus has come to solve the problem in all of us and turns our sins to solve the sin problem. Jesus is not come just like Christmas cookies that make us feel happy for a moment. In fact, in many ways, our entrance into our faith is a achy feeling of recognizing that we failed and understanding that we need to own that failure and come to Jesus as our Savior. And when that moment comes, we can rejoice that Jesus has become our righteousness, that he has become our healing. Further on in Isaiah 61, 10 and 11, it speaks to this healing. It says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exalt in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As the bridegroom decks him like a priest with a beautiful headdress, and a bride adorns herself with her jewels, for as the earth brings forth its sprouts, and as the garden causes what is sown in it to sprout up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to sprout up before all nations. Christmas is about God coming to each of us and offering a salvation for each of us, a hope and a help that is so far-reaching that it brings healing from within and healing from without. Christmas is not just about Christmas cookies and Christmas presents that we give to each other and Christmas songs that we sing and Christmas decorations that we put on a tree and a season of happiness and a season of joy and a season of peace. Christmas is about healing that's eternal and help for our souls, the release of captives and the joy that comes from knowing that our Savior has come. He has brought good things to those who are hurting. Christmas is God sending Jesus to provide robes of righteousness for those who believe. Well, if Jesus came to bring help and Jesus came to bring hope to people who are broken and Jesus came to bring healing to people and to communities and to nations, if Jesus came to bring the kind of healing that heals from within and springs forth on those who are around us so that others can see that this healing that is brought in Christmas, if that's what healing is about, why is it not more evident today after 2,000 years? Why is there, why, is, why haven't we been changed? Why is the world still so broken and why are people still so broken if Jesus came to release captives and to bind up the brokenhearted and to heal those who are wounded in a way that he preaches good news and releases captives. Why are we still so broken? Well, maybe it's the answer is found in the response of the people in Luke 4. You see, when Jesus went home to Nazareth and began his ministry, and he read that passage in Isaiah in 61, verses 1 through 3, and then he sat down after declaring that this had been fulfilled in their presence, the people became angry. The people didn't want Jesus as their Savior 
or their Messiah. They actually threatened to kill Jesus. They couldn't understand how God could be a man that would grow up in front of them. How could God be a child that they knew, that they saw he was human? How could this human bring this help? And Jesus was rejected by his friends and his neighbors in Nazareth. That's why there isn't more healing, is that people have not opened the true gift of Christmas. The people are not, even those who have opened the gift, are not proclaiming the true gift of Christmas. The true gift of Christmas is the redemption of God through Jesus Christ. And that redemption is offered to all of us who are broken. What is the great gift of COVID-19 and 2020 and all of the difficulties we've been through? Uh, politically, relationally, racially, racially um, you know, the, the medical issues of 2020, the financial issues. What's the great gift? The gift is that none of those things are our true healing. And that maybe those who are brokenhearted will understand they've always been brokenhearted. Maybe even for those of us who are Christians, who have maybe put too much trust in these things in the world, will understand that Christmas isn't just about cookies. It isn't just about a short season of hope and a short season of joy and peace. It isn't about feeling good for a moment. It's about a joy that comes from within, that cannot be diminished by difficult times. It's about having a right relationship with God because we wear the robes provided for us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. I hope this Christmas that Jesus is your Savior, that Jesus is binding up your broken heart, that he is declaring you free from those things that have enslaved you, from the sins that so easily enslave us. I hope that this Christmas you understand that God's redemption is available to us in Jesus Christ. Merry Christmas.